and welcome to the Raw is Nitro podcast, the show that rips up the buy rates and TV ratings and declares our own winners in some of pro wrestling's biggest head-to-head battles. I'm your host, Lee Carlos Cunningham, back on my solo tip once again and taking a little left turn here to review all seven episodes of the classic season one, Hogan Knows Best. Hogan Knows Best debuted, of course, in 2005. I just learnt today while um, reading a little bit for the intro to this that it actually went four seasons. In my mind, it only went two, and I've got the DVDs of season one and two ready to review. But apparently, there's two more seasons out there. So, yes, I will be going down that rabbit hole in very short time. Um, In looking at ratings at online sites, it is not a particularly well-liked show. I think it's got about a four and a half on IMDb. And then on Wikipedia, um, I found a 54% uh, sort of thumbs up on some sites. Um, Not super well-liked or well-remembered, but for us marks, um, it's a great trip down memory lane. And to go and laugh at the Hulkster and his crackpot family. Anywho, without any further ado, we're going to kick off. I've got all seven episodes. I've got a little write-up of what happened in each, my favorite part of the episodes, and we'll have some fun along the way. So, um, similar to the Young Rock review, this is not going to be by any stretch a professional film critic critic review. If you've listened to any of my shows before, I don't know why I bother saying this, but um, yeah, here we are, and here we go. Finding clips online of this proved quite difficult, as you can probably tell by the quality of the intro that I spliced in there, so my apologies as we go. But let's kick off with episode one. Episode one uh, starts with Brooke on the beach in a bikini and Hulk Hogan telling the world he doesn't want anyone looking at his daughter. Um, Just going to pause there for a moment in case the subtlety of that was a little too much for everyone, but Hulk Hogan's first episode of his reality TV show has his daughter for the entire world in a bikini, followed by him telling us how he doesn't want anyone to look at her. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's what happened. Um, We get Brooke being asked out on a date by a friend of uh, Nick's, um, and he's 22, Brooke is 16. Hogan's initial reaction, like most fathers, is hell no. Linda tries to talk him round. Um, They have a little debate, and for some reason we have Crash Holly's music playing over the top of it, so that was a bit of a weird one. Hulkster says he'll sleep on it, um, and then we go to the next day, and Hogan is working out with good friend Brian Nobbs. Nobbs has the ingenious plan of, rather than saying no and being the bad guy, why don't you just say yes, and we spy on them. They put a tracking device, keep in mind this was 2004, I think I said, in the car. Nick's going to help them work the equipment. Hogan wants to talk to Adam first, um, and they have a pretty intense conversation. Um, The highlight of which was Hulk asking him if he'd had an AIDS test. Um, Hulk Hogan is checking out the outfit of... um, of Adam here and Adam the best part of the episode for me here was when he says to Hulk did your guns get bigger and Hulk says they're about the same size yeah Brooke's not ready have you had like an AIDS test yeah negative 
once they're out on the date, Nick then begins being the little gobshite that it'll be for the entire season, winding up Hulk and Linda, telling them that Adam has his nipples pierced, which is a crime against humanity to the Hogans here, um, that he likes parties and boozing. Um, when we get back, this doesn't really come to anything in the episode. Brooke loved the date. Linda's happy. Hulk's not as happy, but it sort of all gets resolved where, you know, young Brooke got to have her first date. So it was a bit lame and a bit corny, but episode one, it sort of sets a tone for the show. Hulk's going to be the overbearing father at home, bored without his wrestling career and the spoiled family uh, learning to deal with him being back home. Episode 2 starts with the Hulkster tagging out of parenting to go to the gym because it's all too much for him. Um, This episode sort of is all around having different rules for the different kids. Nick's allowed a girlfriend who's allowed up in his room despite being two years younger than Brooke. Um, Hulk tells Brooke that he'll go harder on Nick. Nick's an insufferable little shit in this episode. In fact, through the whole season and probably in real life, if I'm being honest, uh, Hogan and Nick go shooting. Nick then, or are meant to be going shooting, but Nick blows it off for his girlfriend, which pisses off the Hulk. They go to a super car meeting. How the fuck Nick has a hotted up car to go to car meets at 14 as well just shows like the the levels of being spoilt here nick's girlfriend ashley is there with them sort of the third wheel and squeeze or making hulk feel like the third wheel but to hulk she is the third wheel hulk tries to use a model at the show to make her jealous um he asks nick to go and help with the car they end up driving off for about 30 minutes and the girlfriend storms off rightfully so it didn't last though and they're back together and all kissy and making up and hulk is a jealous little bitch Linda, later on in the episode, finds two condoms in Nick's wallet, um, and then they find a condom wrapper, and they are freaking out here. Uh, All really comes to nothing. Nick says that he got the condoms at an expo, and remember, guys, the wrapper's from when I put the condom on your door handle the other month, and it was really funny. Um, The episode, uh, each episode sort of is a total focus on one thing, um, and that does drag a little bit, like it would be nice to have a bit of variety here. The best bit was definitely Hulk saying, (laughs) coming off like a complete prick to his, his son, Ashley's cool, but you've got prime rib here. And this episode certainly doesn't make the Hulkster look like a protective dad or likable in any way, shape, or form. After episode one, he's banning his 16-year-old girlfriend from going on a date. Here, he is using a handy cam to perv on a girl that he's trying to set his 14-year-old son up with. So either she's too young for the Hulk or she's too old for Nick, or actually what it is, is both of those things are true. But the total double standard of Brooke's not allowed to go on one date with a curfew and GPS trackers and fucking secret service following her. But Nick's allowed to go off with someone twice his age for half an hour, supposedly getting off just to make his girlfriend jealous. So episode two shows the Hulkster to be a pretty shit dad and a bit of a douchebag. Episode three puts all those horn dogs perving on Brooke in their place while she starts the episode in a t-shirt that just has printed across her breasts, they're real. So yeah, Hulk doing a really good job of shielding her from the real world here in this um, in this series. She's wishing for a break in the music business and Hulk Hogan's organized a meeting for her. He's body shaming her all through the episode and he just comes across as such a terrible dad. Like he won't let her eat a cookie. Um, it does not age well at all. Um, the best part of the episode, unfortunately, is not something I can splice in. It's Hulk Hogan dancing in the studio while she's singing. Um, really, really terrible. It's so funny. Um, he clashes with the music guy over the photos they want to use for, use for promotional material. I'm not really sure if it was for, like, posters or an album cover or what, but Hulk's obviously going for the less provocative ones, and they're wanting something that's going to sm- uh, sell. They go to the Grammys to schmooze, um... He 
tells her as he's bringing in the dress that he wants you to look, I want you looking thin. They're his words. So really, really bad. Um, Hogan works the cameras on the red carpet like a total pro and does give her, you know, passes on some of this for her here. Calls off a... Um, sorry, they get a call off a manager with her demo and he really likes the vocals. Um, they meet a porn star for some reason who seems to really like Brooke um, and Hulk's obviously having none of that. Yeah, just these situations that she keeps ending up in. Um, but yeah, we don't want anyone to look at her. Um she writes a song about being torn between loving her dad and her boyfriend. Hulk seems to like the song. It's a little bit creepy. Um, but I guess here, like, overall, Hulk looks a little bit better by the end of this episode because he is using his influence to try and help his daughter get ahead with her career. Daddy, he is no comparison to you. You're the biggest part of me. Can't I love him too? Don't make me choose who I love the most, no Cause I can find a way to love you both Episode 4 is all about the Hulkster and back to some wrestling stuff going on here. Of course, they have to dash the hopes of the kids who are finally just loving having him home. But no, he gets a phone call that's going to change all that in a hurry. Hey, Dad. Vince McMahon is on the phone. And that phone call was to talk to Hulk about being inducted into the Hall of Fame. Brooke the Ditz didn't know what the Hall of Fame was, which is just ridiculous. Um, and he has to assure the family he's not going to wrestle, but he does start to work out and pull out all of his gear. Linda seems somewhat supportive, but the kids are not happy with the idea of him going back into wrestling. Of course, we don't deep uh, deep dive into the reasons why Linda's happy for him to go back, whether or not she's a supportive wife, she wants him out of the house, or she wants him to keep bringing in some in income there. Um, and we find out Sylvester Stallone is going to be the one inducting Hulk Hogan, which even back then was quite cool. We get a Nobbs appearance again while the Hulkster's writing his acceptance speech, and then backstage we see lots of wrestlers at the Hall of Fame, the Iron Sheik, Sergeant Slaughter, Nikolai Volkov, Jerry Lawler, uh, quite a few more. Of course, Hulk has to tell us all how he's in better shape than all of the guys that he's seen and finds it quite amusing that he's kept himself in better shape than all these admittedly really old wrestlers at this point. Gosh, I'm in better shape than all these guys. Worst part of this episode is definitely seeing the Hulkster's bare ass in a g-string. Um, his family are getting annoyed, are getting really annoying while he's trying to get ready for his WrestleMania moment. This is the one where he takes down Muhammad Hassan and Davari to save Eugene. We get a beat down and then the classic Hulkster pose, and that is that for episode four. Finally, one that centered around some wrestling, but still minimal stuff. Uh, more around the soul searching about whether or not he was going to go back into wrestling. At this point in the show, we'll take a quick switch of gears and head into some halftime heat. And for this week for our halftime segment, we're going to look at 10 video games non-wrestling related that I've loved over the years in honor of my hugely life-changing accomplishment of having finally finished Super Mario Bros. 3 this week, which you would have seen on Twitter if you are following me and read my nonsense. First title, of course, is going to have to be Super Mario Bros. 3. I um, got this game first in 1991 on the NES. Absolutely loved it. Never finished it. Remember, for years, like, getting to the last level and not being able to do it, leaving the Nintendo on for days because you didn't have save points back then, um, and just never getting it done. Picking up, sort of, 
on All Stars, playing it on Super Nintendo, on the Nintendo Mini. My brother got one and trying it again then, just never completing it over the years. And I finally went back this week. It only took me about two or three days um, of sporadic gameplay and got it all done. I'm not sure um, why it was so much easier now, but I must have just been mentally ready. Um, switching gears, I'm going to talk to the FIFA franchise, specifically FIFA 2001. I believe this was the year where you could dive, and I don't, as a football coach, don't encourage diving at all. It's it's an absolute blight on the sport, but it's such an ultimate heel move to pull on your friends. And I'm when it comes to video games, I do love to play locally with my friends over online. Um, I'm from that era when two controllers and a TV, um, and you're all set for a great night in. Um, switching gears away from sports for a moment, also I'm going to throw out GoldenEye for the Nintendo 64. This was one of the first sort of non-sports, non-sort of Mario games that I really sunk my teeth into. And of course, a great multiplayer mode made that even better. Back to sports, I'm going to go with NBA, the 2K series, and specifically 2K11, which I think was the one with the Jordan Showcase. I'm, I'm doing this from memory, by the way, so if I'm wrong on this, apologize. Um, but that was just such a great game mode to play through. I, they, they brought a sort of mini version of this back for this year's, but it wasn't quite as good, um, not as challenging. I wish they'd do this for other players, and maybe even multiple players in one game, and I definitely wouldn't be buying them sort of every second year. I'd be getting them every round if, if there was a bit more meat on the bone for me. As someone who doesn't really love playing 12-year-olds online that can hit better three-pointers than me, I need a mode that I can play at home on my own. Uh, away from sports again, and I'm going to go with Grand Theft Auto series, but specifically San Andreas. Just remember playing that game for hours and hours and hours. I've recently downloaded GTA V. I know it's quite an old game now, but I'd never played it. And I'm just finding this too long between missions, and I'm just sort of wandering around, driving around, and not really doing much of anything. So if anyone knows why that's happening to me, feel free to reach out. Um, back to Mario, and I'm going to go with Super Mario Kart, so the Super Nintendo version of Mario Kart, um, as far as I'm aware. As far as I'm concerned, it's the best one. Do love the current um, Mario Kart 8 on the Switch. The kids love it, but this was the classic. Back into sports, and I'm going to go with UFC 4. Really enjoyed this game. and I had the original UFC game on PlayStation 2, I believe, and I think that's quite underrated. Um, I believe it wasn't very popular, but UFC 4 is a brilliant, brilliant fighting game. Speaking of fighting games, I couldn't split Street Fighter 2 and Mortal Kombat 3, so they both get a spot on this list, um, probably knocking off some more modern and recent games, but it is what it is. And then the last one is going to be maybe a bit of a shocker for people that listen to this podcast because it's a sport that I'm not into whatsoever, but back on the Super Nintendo, Super International Cricket, if you have never played this game and you are into sports games, you need to go and play it because I sunk hours and hours into this and when my brother got the Super Nintendo Mini, this is the game that we play again and again and again and again. Um, just an absolute banger of a sports game and not something I ever thought I'd be talking about on this podcast. That'll do it for the halftime segment. We're going to go and hit episodes five, six, seven, and round out this quick bite-sized episode. Episode 5 starts with Nick and Brooke play fighting, um, just basically being obnoxious teenagers, and Hogan complaining about the maid to Linda. Apparently, he's put his underwear in the wrong drawer or something. Um, they're fighting over Brooke's music again. Nobs offers, uh, sorry, the parents are fighting over Brooke's music career. Nobs offers to watch the kids while they go and have a romantic getaway. This is going to be terrible. Um, Hulk Hogan sort of tries to book a limo by introducing himself as Hulk Hogan, greatest of all time. And then, of course, the slapstick comedy. He has to spell it out, H-U-L-K. 
yes, the wrestler, that's me. Um, that was the funniest part of the episode, even though it was totally set up. He, on camera, says to Linda, Nobbs is not real smart. That is fucking harsh for someone who's sending you on a getaway and watching your brat kids. Um, they smash through a bottle of Cristal in the limo and have to stop for more. And he's asking for a discount at the liquor store, the cheap bastard. Nobs cannot keep Nick under control. He's climbing up the walls on the roof and all sorts of shit. And then Linda flips when she finds out that he's the one babysitting. Um, he hadn't been to- she hadn't been told that apparently. Nick steals a steals a um oh sorry he steals Nobs's gear while he's in the shower and then Nobs ends up having to put on Hogan's wrestling tights and he snitches Nobs out for wearing them when they come back the next day what a little prick um he does apparently get punished to end the show but it's something like no phone for a week um and yeah this was <laughs> not the strongest episode and it just it was all just a bit a bit fake, really, but, I mean, some good laughs to be had, but not the best episode of TV, if I'm being totally honest. Oh, man, I'll take you to the promised land. Episode 6, Hogan's versus City Hall, is all about Linda having her animals taken away because the neighbours are complaining to the council. We get a good look at all the animals they do have before finding out that the neighbours have been complaining recently. And the gardener shows them that they uh, informs the Hogan's that they've been peeking in from next door as they open a letter from the council. Linda, Nick and Brooke make about as much noise as possible outside to show that if the animals are upsetting you, then hey, us honking our horns and screaming is going to be even worse. They drop three dogs to the beach house, which is real first world problems. We're going to have to send our dogs to the beach house because we've got too too many animals at property number one. Uh, The cops come and visit um, and it's going to end up in court. We get an awful scene of Linda storming out crying in what looks like a school cafe set up as a courtroom, has a major tantrum in the car park, ends up having to pay a $100 fine. um, And she says something along the lines of, you can charge me $500 a day. I can wipe my ass with that in the middle of the car park just to come across like an absolute tool here. Um, The end credits basically say they won the appeal and they're allowed the animals back. This is by far the worst episode yet, but that's what it was and they're coming near the end of the season. Guys are all liars! You're all liars! You all lie under oath! You're making my life miserable! Finally, we go out to episode seven, the finale. Um, It's Hogan being bored and annoying the shit out of the family, which I did sort of say in episode one appeared to be the theme. He insists on going antique shopping with Linda and he is just ruining it for her the whole way through. An insufferable prick. Uh, One of the people, I want to come, it'll be fun. And then, can we go? Can we go? He spots a statue of himself and compares chess. Um, The family are trying to find him a hobby here. Nick challenges him to a a game of golf. Nobbs is going to be the caddy, which is quite funny. They end up playing against some 10-year-old who chats shit, and it's going to be dads versus kids and Nick and this 10-year-old, like, pro golfer. Uh, Hulk Hogan is losing a bet and has to tee off with his pants down on one of the holes. Nick's annoying the shit out of Brian Nobbs, um, drives off with his clubs and things like that. Um, They do eventually get kicked out of the golf club for just being total menaces. The girls are playing tennis, and we see Bubba the Love Sponge. Um, Hulk Hogan 
um, tells Brooke to scrizam so they can spend some time together. <laughs> um, and then it's boys versus girls after a lesson. Nope, the boys are just going to walk off and go drink. Um, Linda's tr- not really happy with this. Uh, they ended up not playing. Uh, they go off to, for some Pilates. Um, it's a pretty funny sort of dance aerobic bit where Hogan sneaks in and then Nobs is in at the end. Um, this was probably one of the better parts of any of the episodes, but it did go way too quick. And just like that, Hogs Hobbies episode seven brings our show to a close and Hogan Knows Best season one is in the book without really too much happening. I mean, other than the Hulkster going in the Hall of Fame, that was the most noteworthy part of this whole series. The episodes were just a little bit meh. It's not as funny or as cringe as I remember it. It is quite cringe, but um, I think the charm that I th- remember this having, you know, 20 years ago isn't quite there. I'm hoping season two is going to be a little bit more fun, but that was what I watched to try and bring some content while I was down without a lot of Raw and Nitro, which are obviously back on the timeline again now. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this quick, short, sharp episode. Um, if you like this format with the quicker episodes, let me know as well. This is something I intend on keep doing just to keep the show dropping and not have these lulls that we had for a while. That'll do it for me today wherever you are in the world have a great day and i will chat to you all very soon